We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's April, it's spring, and we are finally starting to get back out into the world. And if your abushi is looking a little too abushi, you might want to get that taken care of before it becomes a facking problem on your next big date. Use that tax filer money to grab yourself a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and take care of your truly offensive line. I can't rhyme with Lindsley, but I am perfectly groomed, and that is a winning record anyone can get behind. Use that code GUILTY at checkout for 20% off. Without further ado, here's the show. Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I'm your host. Joining me today are Alex and Tyler. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I got some good news that I can't talk about yet, but I have some good news. Nothing related to football at all. But Well, that's good. We'll, we'll uh, yes. patiently await the, the announcement there. Uh, yes. Alex, how are you doing today, man? Good. Um, it's very, I, I don't know what the news is, but I assume it's that Tyler secured the Gabe Neighbors interview. Uh, for the podcast yeah, actually so yeah i'm very excited <laughs> yeah. about that that would be that would actually be a lot of fun um and also you know we are recording this on easter sunday so uh if you are celebrating today i hope you had a wonderful day and a good weekend i know it's spring break coming up for some people as well so i uh, hope you guys are well um today we are going to have a little discussion quickly on some sleepers at the running back position um, I think, you know, most people kind of know who the top dogs are at this position and it's not a huge need for the chargers. Uh, so we decided not to spend a whole lot of time on it. And then after that, we're going to do our first seven round mock draft, which will be our, our, I think this is our third mock draft, but we'll do uh, seven rounds for the first time. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, uh, let's talk some running back sleepers. You know, we each pick some guys that we, we studied and then we wanted to talk about. So, 
Alex, you, you have a guy that you've kind of been pounding the table for over the last few months. Uh, so I'll give you the floor here. Who is, is your favorite running back sleeper in this class? Uh, for me, it's Khalil Herbert. Uh, every time I watch him, I'm like, how is this guy a six round pick or like around 180 in the draft? Uh, I just think he's really electric to watch. He reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler a little bit and also a bit of Aaron Jones. Uh, and kind of very similar to Aaron Jones, actually, because Jones was picked, I think, like 182nd in the draft. Um, so he's kind of that he's not great at like one thing or he doesn't have one elite trait, but he's just very good at a lot of things. Um, and I think that's kind of why he doesn't have like necessarily raw speed or like physicality that stands out. Um, but just watching his tape, he's a very patient runner. Uh, I know he just put up a four, four, six, I think that is pro day, uh, which is very, very similar to Eckler's time. Uh, granted pro day times are interesting this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I just think he's a really, uh, he, he's got a lot of power to him. He gave like, uh, there's footage of him at the senior bowl giving like Ohio state's uh, tough Borland fits, trying to bring him to the ground, which I thought was really funny. Um, got a, he is just has a lot of uh, functional strength, a bit of that like pound for pound uh, thing that Eckler uh, sort of has as well. Um, I think he's a really good decision maker when he runs and he is, you know, a lot of people think that maybe you need to contrast with Eckler or Jackson or Kelly. Like, so you need to go get a big running back like Kalen Balazs or you need to go get like a really um, fast running back. But I don't really think that's what they need. I just think they need a guy who one can pass block and uh, Khalil Herbert is really good in pass blocking situations. Um, they need that. I think they need a guy who can make plays and, you know, Brandon Staley and other people have talked about this being a positionless offense, right? It's more uh, an amount of touches rather than like, we have to get this position, the ball. Um, and I think Khalil Herbert fits very well into that scheme, big playability um, in terms of the late round running backs. Right. I just think he makes the most sense and would be kind of a slam dunk pick. Right. You know, and it's all also about positional value, right? If you can get him in the fifth or sixth round, right? As much as I like Javante Williams, and I know you two love Javante Williams as well, yeah. right? It's about spending a second round pick on him. That's just a little bit tough and maybe a bridge too far. But with Khalil Herbert, you're spending, you know, a day three pick. You spent a higher pick on Joshua Kelly last year, unfortunately. Um, but I just think Khalil Herbert fits uh, what the Chargers really want to do uh, really well. Well, and he talked about, you know, at his pro day that I was able to attend, you know, he said the LT was his favorite running back growing up. And he thinks that he's been able to model his game a little bit after him. I think obviously LT is, was, you know, one of the most explosive athletes at the position, but, you know, Kill Herbert does have that really well-rounded ability that LT had, you know, as somebody who never will have to come off the field, uh, you know, he, he's able to, to be effective as a, as a pass catcher and as a runner. So I'm a big fan of his as well. I've never really understood, you know, the the draft network and pro football network both have him as a day three pick. And I, I just I know the the position in general isn't super valuable these days, but I think Khalil Herbert is one of the better ones in the class. Um, Tyler, who is your sleeper running back here? Uh, I'm going to go with Kylan Hill, the running back from Mississippi State. Um, I just think that, well, there's a couple of things. He was a good running back in 2019 but he definitely took the step forward in the few games that he had this past season as a receiver where he had 23 passes or caught 23 passes on 27 targets for 234 yards. If anybody wants to watch this guy, please watch him versus LSU. 
where he made the whole entire defense look silly. I believe he had 180 yeah. or 158 receiving yards that game. Um, over 453 career touches. He has 116 broken tackles. I don't think he's ever fumbled. And I believe, I think the draft network said he's never had any significant injury either. So very safe player who can do a lot. Kind of fits what the, the Chargers coaching staff is used to. Um, so that like, not not that Staley had anything to do with Akers, but Akers was 5'10", 217. You know, in, in Detroit, Bell was 5'11", 220. Uh, Shane Day had, had uh, Jeff Wilson at 6'216". You know, so Kylan Hill is 5'10", 215. I just think he can kind of do everything um, at this point. I think he's taken that next step. In watching some of the games in 2019, he struggled with some drops. And I think that kind of, it's hard to say because we had three games this past season, but it looks like they just decided to make him you know, a much more um, integral part of their offense as a receiving threat. As a receiving threat. So I believe he would have taken the next step forward there too. So um, they would have to take him a little bit earlier, at least if you're going off the draft, the draft network there, he's at 127. So I don't know if that's where the Chargers would want to take a running back. It's not like they haven't taken a running back that early before. They just yeah. did. <laughs> I think Joshua Kelly was right around there. Um, so, but I'm a huge fan of his, even though it's a little bit early, probably. I'm, I'm still a huge fan. And if he's there in the mock draft today, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah. So the the thing about Kylan Hill also, like why he had all those receiving yards and like li- so little running back produ- uh, running back production is just uh, Mike Leach, like Mike Leach's whole philosophy is like, uh, you're, you know, we're never going to run the ball, run the ball is cancer. We're just going to throw for 600 yards every game. Um, and so the fact that he was able to make that transition uh, to me is like really impressive. And I think that's really hard for a college running back. Yeah. Mike Leach, you know, he's a man, man. It, it, it was wild. That first game, everybody kind of just assumed that, uh, you know, the air raid system was going to take over the, the SEC and then it just kind of uh, bottomed out, which was was kind of funny to watch. Um, so I had a hard time picking my sleeper here. You know, we did interview Chris Evans from the running back from Michigan. And I do think that he would be someone that I would be interested in on the Chargers as someone with a lot of special teams experience and someone that can come in and make an impact as a pass catcher. Uh, he had a great pro day tested in, and I believe like the 89th, 90th percentile uh, per his RAS score, but I'm going to go with Larry Roundtree here from Missouri. And he's someone that I felt like really excelled at the senior bowl. I felt like he was the best pure runner down there in mobile. Um, and when you're talking about like a, a late round running back, you know, you're, you're probably targeting a, a specialist, right? You know, Chris Evans is a pass catcher. Larry Roundtree is like a physical downhill runner. And I really like the way that he, you know, attacks the hole and the way that he, you know, uses his physicality. Um, I think he runs violently. He runs through contact. He's got great balance on perimeter runs. Um, and he's somebody that I think would be, you know, a good uh, person to target for competition for Joshua Kelly, because, you know, like when you're, when you're talking about what the Chargers need right now, you know, I would love to see a Khalil Herbert, a, Khalil, a Kylan Hill, but I'm just a little curious to see what they have planned for Justin Jackson, because, you know, when Justin Jackson has been on the field, you know, he's been a very good compliment for Austin Eckler. It's just he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So for me, like my my uh, way of thinking with the running back position for the Chargers is maybe targeting someone who could bring in, who uh, could provide some competition for Joshua Kelly as like the bigger goal line back. And so that's the reason why I went with Larry Roundtree. I think he'd be a nice addition uh, as, as somebody, like I said, that could create some yards after contact, serve as a goal line physical back. Um, he's okay as a pass catcher. You know, he he's not like a, a pristine route runner like a Chris Evans or, or even a Kylan Hill, but he you know he can do it. He, he you know he's not 
somebody that will you know get four or five catches a game, but you know he doesn't have brick hands either. So uh, Larry Roundtree would be my choice here. Good call, great name. <laughs> he does have a great name. It's perfect for a running back. Um, all right, guys. Any other thoughts on running backs before we move on to uh, our mock draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say is just I think what they need if they are going to take a running back is someone fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, I wouldn't take one before then. Yeah. Um, just someone who can you know provide a role in the offense. Doesn't have to be someone super sexy. I mean, they're gonna probably keep Joshua Kelly this year. They're gonna keep Justin Jackson, I assume, this year. Um, although you know those could all. It, it's kind of up in the air. Maybe one of them gets cut during training camp or something. Um, I think really just what they need is someone who's really, really fundamentally sound, um, someone who's a good pass blocker, someone who just can contribute on maybe contribute on special teams, as we said, uh, someone who's well-rounded. And I think all three of those guys that we kind of mentioned uh, are that archetype a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it was nice to have that little uh, pipe dream of Javante Williams in the second round when, when we had that conversation a couple months ago, but uh, obviously, the Chargers have way too many needs to uh, take a running back in the second round. So uh, let's get to this mock draft. The way that we're going to do it is very similar to the one to the way that we did this last time. Uh, we're going to rotate picks, uh, and then we are going to discuss each pick. So Alex is uh, going to go first. Alex has the, the 13th overall pick, uh, and then I have the second pick, and Tyler has the third pick, and then we'll just kind of repeat that way. So Alex would have pick number 97 and so on and so forth. Um, and then we're also going to have a little bit of a conversation um, about just like how the Chargers could potentially land a player like Rayshon Slater and, and some other conversations like that. So let me see if I can. Okay, we'll just leave that up there so you guys can see our faces still. All right. Here we go. Hopefully we don't get a super weird one. Looks pretty normal so far. All right, we got four quarterbacks off the board. This is awesome already. I love it. Nope, not doing trades. <laughs> All right, so looking at the board, we have the four quarterbacks off right off the bat. Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Jones, Penesul at five. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Justin Fields, Pat- Patrick Zertan, Devontae Smith, and then J.C. Horn at mm. 12 to Alex's Eagles. So, Alex, you are on the clock, man. Uh, this is easy. Um, I'm kind <laughs> of running to the podium to do this. It's Ray yeah. Sean's later. Um, I, I I mean, you can make an argument for Christian Darasaw. You can also potentially make an argument for Michael Parsons based on, you know, best player available, that kind of thing. But they took a linebacker in the first round last year. Um Based on how this one played out, where the two top corners are gone, uh, that's really the only situation where I go other than offensive line. Uh, I think you also have Devonta Smith gone. You also have really all of the good uh, kind of receivers or like skill position players gone at this point. Um, so I think you have to go offensive line. I would tend that's my preference anyway. Uh, I just think Rashawn Slater could be that next offensive tackle for the Chargers. Uh, put him at left tackle and let him cook. Uh, so my pick has to be Ray Sean Slater here. I think there are other arguments. I know Steven would go to bat for Elijah Vera Tucker, yeah. um, but just based on how this played out uh, in, in the way that it did. And I, I don't think it's actually too far off from what would happen in the actual draft. Although I don't think Mac Jones is going to Atlanta, uh, <laughs> but aside from that, I think, uh, 
yeah, Rashawn Slater is the pick for me here. I think he's the best offensive lineman still on the board. Um, and I think he'll just, you know, he's a shoe in right left tackle. And I think they can just go from there, you know, filling out the rest of their offensive line. Um, they'll also need a tackle or offensive lineman next year in general uh, after 2021, because, you know, who knows if Brian Blog is coming back? Uh, who knows if Ode Bushi is going to be back after a one year deal? Right. A lot of things are up in the air. So I think to fortify that tackle depth, fortify the offensive line, uh, you just have to go with Rashawn Slater here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he is the best player on the board, in my opinion, uh, right here. And I think this is obviously the best case scenario. So I don't think Mac Jones is going to go fourth overall to the Falcons either. But um, I think, you know, they could definitely take a serious look at Justin Fields. Um, So when you talk about like things that need to happen for the Chargers to be able to land Rayshon Slater, like the first thing that needs to happen is that there need to be four quarterbacks in the first you know, five, six picks. And so I think there's a realistic chance of doing that this year, um, which is just crazy because I think the Panthers and the Broncos, you know, there's been some rumblings according to Benjamin Albright that both of those teams are trying to trade up to get their guy. Um, obviously I don't think the Falcons would trade back with the Panthers because I, you know, interdivision trade like that would make no sense for anybody. Um, but the Broncos make a lot of sense there. Um, and then the other thing that we kind of wanted to talk about here is Panay Sewell at, at five to the Bengals because, you know, there obviously was some bullshit reports this weekend uh, about some maturity concerns for Panay Sewell because he's 20 years old. And and frankly, I just it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. Like, you know, I I know that I don't like personally know that family, but, you know, I, I know the kind of people that they are. And saying that a player, a person like Panay Sewell is, is immature, it just, it makes no sense to me. And I think it's just so frustrating to listen to these kind of conversations about Panay Sewell and Justin Fields. And, and you don't hear these same kind of conversations about Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and all these other players. So um, I think the Bengals should take Panay Sewell. Like it's just a no brainer to me. Um, these, the addition of Riley Reef doesn't really, shouldn't really deter them from taking this pick because I think Panay Sewell is for me, he's the best player in the class period. Uh, and they need an offensive tackle. They need to solidify the protection around Justin Herbert. You know, they can kick Jonah Williams in the guard. They can kick Riley reef in the guard. Uh, so Panay Sewell should be the pick, but do you guys think that they will actually take him? Uh, no, I think they're going to take Jamar <laughs> chase. Uh, I, I posted that the other day, but uh, the things that have me leaning towards they're going to take Jamar Chase are, well, one, they sign Riley Reif. Um, and while that's not, <laughs> you know, the left tackle is saved to them, I can see why their reasoning would be, OK, we're better off at tackle than we were last year, which which is true with Riley Reif. Um, I would still take Sewell if I was them. But, you know, you do have the Burrow Chase connection, which is hard to ignore. And apparently, the Eagles, uh, one of the reasons that they did trade down was because they uh, they thought that Pitts and uh, Chase would be off the board. So that means Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, uh, and then the Bengals with Jamar Chase. So for me, I think there's a couple, you know, little Easter eggs that are being dropped that Jamar Chase is going to be the pick. Uh, I do think it should be Panay Sewell, but, you know, I, I think they're going to – the Burrow Chase thing, I just think, is too sexy to pass up on paper for them. Uh, you know, it's an instant, you know, fan reaction boost, even though some people would obviously be pissed that they don't take an offensive lineman. Uh, and if I was a Bengals fan, maybe I would be pissed, too. Uh, but I, I just I feel like they're going to take Jamar Chase in, in my heart. 
Yeah, my heart says I call bullshit. I I can't imagine <laughs> like why it's so stupid. It's stupid. Like I know you're not saying that you think this is a better idea. Just no. The idea that they would take Chase. Like look, I can make up a rumor right now. Justin Herbert is pushing for the Chargers to take you know Panay Sewell. You know, it's like <laughs> I guess like you could a you can make that up and b it's the telephone game. I'm sure right. you know Joe Burrow was like you know it would be nice to have Jamar Chase on the team and reunite with him because I have some chemistry and maybe he said that. You know, but the idea that he's pushing them to take him, yeah. that this guy who didn't even play the full season, granted, he is, you know, the number one overall pick, but this guy that, you know, just got here is is pushing the team to make these decisions and he's going to force them to somehow take Chase over Sewell. Like, I don't think he has that much sway yet. And then it's just kind of a, it's a stupid pick. Like, I don't understand why, like, and they have enough invested in the, like, I get that AJ Green is gone, but they have enough invested in the position. They just took T Higgins, like, well, first overall, right in the second round. So it's, I just can't imagine them going back to receiver when it was so obvious that that wasn't the issue last year. It was like the yeah. only thing that worked well for them. And granted, I get it. Like Joe Burrow needs a lot of receivers. They run the spread offense. They want to have, you know, four, maybe five guys out there and let him just decide. But I don't see why you would burn a pick that high on Chase, even if the chemistry is there, even if you think he's the best player available. Like, I don't know. Like, there's so much that goes into it that would just be wrong. I just call bullshit on the whole thing. I still think it's Sewell, <laughs> and I don't think that anything else really matters at this point. I, I think it's Sewell. I still think it's Sewell, but I'd love to be wrong because that would help the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see Sewell fall a little bit, uh, and potentially. I think you know if you're talking about like a trade up for the Chargers, I think you probably would have to fall past the Broncos. Um, but then you know mm-hmm. the Cowboys looking at a generational offensive lineman, I can 100 see them wanting to take that. Um, mm-hmm. so the, the other thing really to, to talk about here would be the Broncos getting Justin Fields, which uh, it certainly seems like that's a realistic possibility. Uh, and I'm going to hate every second of that because I, I love Justin Fields. It's one of my favorite players in this class. And I think obviously a lot of that is, is just how he's been disrespected and, and throughout this entire process. Um, but the Broncos going from Drew Locke to Justin Fields would, uh, not be a, a fun situation for us. <laughs> Yeah, that's not gonna happen because he's black, <laughs> and he's not six six. Someone <laughs> said it, and it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> the minority think, said it. Don't worry. <laughs> I I think Justin Fields is gonna go eight to Carolina. If I had to guess, um, I yeah. I think that you're going to have the the first three off the board are going to be well. I mean, I, th- I think you could still have Fields at three. Uh, I do yeah. think that is a legitimate possibility, even though I would mm-hmm. lean towards its lance right now. Uh, I think Carolina is going to get whatever is left, uh, sort of like the Chargers did last year with the whole Herbert Tua thing. I think they're going to get whatever is left between um, Lance or, or Fields. Maybe there's some possibility they take Mac Jones with those two on the board, which I mean would make Carolina fans' uh, heads explode. But <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, yeah, I think Carolina is going to go for a quarterback, though. Uh, something Benjamin Albright has said, who's, you know, covers the uh, Broncos extensively and does the show in uh, Colorado there. Uh, he said that he's not sold on the fact that they're going to be picking at nine. Right. So that could infer, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, a trade up situation. Uh, I think that's definitely kind of going to be the reality for the Broncos a little bit um, that one of them or the Panthers is probably going to trade up maybe as high as five uh maybe maybe not five but probably like six or so uh where miami is and miami can keep accumulating picks and talent um so i i wouldn't be surprised by that at all 
Yeah. So that was some really good discussion. And uh, we'll take Rayshon Slater here. And then we'll see how the rest of the draft pans out. The one thing I do want to say about Slater is, A, prove it to me that they'll actually take him. And once they take a left tackle like him, then I will never question that they're going to take a left tackle like Slater or Vera Tucker again. Yeah. For, for, I want to, oh, no, I was just going to say the, the only thing that made the pick like obviously Slater is that Sertan and Horn were off the board by that point. Mm, and, yeah. you know, you, you had like all the receivers except a bottle off the board, uh, I think. So mm. it's like th- there's nothing that was like, oh, man, this dude fell so far. Um, maybe Micah Parsons, but the character concerns we've talked about there. They took a linebacker last year anyway. Um, that that's what kind of has me thinking that in this mock draft simulation, they really have no other choice but to take uh, a Slater or Darisaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something else that you were going to say about Rayshon Slater too. Oh, I think people are over hyping the Cody Shada connection there. Like, I think it's significant. I think in in different ways. I just don't think like Tom Telesco. A, they were scouting the entire fall. B it's not like Slater even played. And then, yeah, so, I mean, I know this. Shada didn't, was, he was still transitioning to LA when they had the pre, you know, when Telesco had that press conference where he talked about the draft and they'd had most of their meetings and, you know, they've done so much work already. And the idea that Slater or that Shada would just come in and go, uh, this guy, and you go, oh, you know, it's a good idea. Like, I didn't consider that before. Like, I don't think that's way it's going to be there for, for like either this draft or just even yeah. the draft in general. Like, we don't really know what his role is. I think people, it's a cool connection. And obviously if they take Slater, well, we can connect the dots there, but I don't, I think people are overhyping it just a little bit as far as Rayshon Slater goes. Yeah. And I think it, it's really going to be an interesting conversation uh, if they target uh, Slater or Derrissaw or, or what kind of attributes do they, do they value with the two best cornerbacks off the board? So um, I think it's interesting right here that the Caleb Farley fell to 24 to the Steelers. I think that certainly would make a lot of sense. Um, Samuel Cosme to the Jaguars, Quiddy Pay to the Ravens. That would just be so typical Ravens. I think that oh. would... <laughs> they get so you know lucky and smart in the draft is just crazy. Um, so then, so here, like this is why to me, you know, the Bengals shouldn't take Jamar Chase, right? Because you can get a player right. like Elijah Moore, you know, at thirty eight. I just did a breakdown on him on our Patreon page. If you haven't seen that yet, please go check it out. Um, I love Elijah Moore, and I think that is. Uh, mm-hmm. I would much rather have Sewell and Moore than Chase and you know Dylan Radunes, who's the next pick right here, or Alex Leatherwood or something like that. So a lot of uh, receivers off the board here. Uh, you have Javante Williams, who we were talking about earlier, Creed Humphrey, Mari Rogers. Wow, Gregory Rousseau is on the board here. That would be insane. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my guy, Diami Brown, Asante Samuel Jr. You know, there's been obviously we've kind of had these conversations where we don't think that he's going to be on the board, but uh, I don't think it's like impossible that uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is on the board. Um, so I, in this situation, I'm going to take Richie Grant, the safety from UCF. I know, obviously, with uh, with Asante Samuel Jr. on the board, people are are probably going to be a little surprised by this. Um, but I think Richie Grant is the kind of versatile chess piece that Brandon Staley would love to have. You know, he can play high as a safety. He can play in the slot as a corner. Hell, he can play outside as a corner too. And so I think Richie Grant as a cover man, as somebody who can compliment Derwin James and Asir Adderley, 
Uh, Brandon Staley did speak very highly of Nasir Adderley in his uh, interview with Chris Harry, by the way. Um, so I think Richie Grant would make a ton of sense for the Chargers. And I do think it's a little more likely that Grant is on the board at 47 than Asante Samuel Jr. is on the board at 47. Uh, Gregor Rousseau, no chance that he's on the board at 47. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with Richie Grant uh, just because I think it's a little more likely that he's on the board. And I think he would be a perfect, perfect uh, selection for this kind of defense that Brandon Staley is going to be uh, employing with the Chargers. The only thing that I would say is there has been a little bit of a dip um, in excitement for Asante Samuel that I've seen based on his pro day measurements where, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately for him, he did weigh 180, which is like not typical starting cornerback weight and how a lot of players or a lot, a lot of GMs view these players. Uh, it's a little bit similar to like the Elijah Bear Taka arm length thing. Um, so you know, I'm not totally sold on that being like the deciding factor, but I did yeah. notice that he was in like the forties, uh, maybe two, three weeks ago. And now he slipped to about 59 on the draft network. So I have a feeling mm-hmm. that that's kind of the reason why. Yeah. So Richie Grant is yeah, going to be my selection call. here. There's a, sorry, Tyler, go ahead. Nice. No, I was just going to comment on the, the class overall. Like there's so much defensive talent here. Like, yeah. get your tackle and then just have fun with, I mean, if, if Russo is there, that would have been my pick because that's, uh, I don't know what happened, but I, I don't know how he's even here in the second round because I feel like, like even Brentley, Brentley Weissman has him as like a top 15 player and they compile their, their boards together to make this, this board. So I don't know how Bruce does over here, but I'm not like Richie Grant a lot. I think it's a good pick. All righty. So Tyler will be up next. With the third round pick, there's Wyatt Davis. Jaden Mayfield, we talked about him, somebody I don't really understand. There's Brady Christensen, who I think would make a lot of sense for pick number 47 if they go with a corner. Wow, Tommy Tremble went all the way up there. Tommy Tremble at 58. To who? Uh, The Ravens, which that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Huh. There's Asante Samuel Jr. at 67. Hmm. Oh, and he got drafted by the Falcons. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, ta- oh, Texans. Texans. Oh, and yeah. that's worse. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you are on the board. So a uh, little run on defensive players like we were talking about. There's Boogie Basham, Jabril Cox, um, Dwayne Eskridge, Nico Collins. There's some of the receivers going off the board. Rousseau at 57 to the Rams. Man, that would be... I think Rams fans would be, you know, jumping up and down and and singing praises to whoever they pray to. Like that would be insane for them. (laughs) All right. Well, so let me know who uh, you want to see on the board here, Tyler. And then then, uh, you'll be able to make your selection. Yeah. Just scroll down a little. Just like, you can just scroll through from there to a (laughs) hundred. Well, my heart says Trey wow. Smith because that would be if he yeah. were healthy and it all worked out. Like my God, I would love him in the third round. <laughs> um, no, I'll probably go up. Wow, James Hudson's at one hundred and four these days. Holy cow! Yeah, he his pro day man was was really unfortunate. Yikes! Because like you know, when I when I looked at James Hudson on film, it's like man, this guy's a really freaking good athlete. He's got great length, great reach. No, like, it makes no sense. And then he went out and tested in like the 30th percentile for offensive tackles. So just really unfortunate for him. Yeah. 
Not good. I think I know where I'm going. I think at this point, I think the Chargers have set them. Now that they have their tackle, it's pretty much defense the rest of the way. So I do think I'm going with defense. And I'm going to go with Paul Sanadibo from Stanford. I think they, they do need a corner. Like you just took a safety. If you had taken a corner, I could have gone like Roche or Turner here. But at this point, I, I or Trey Smith, I would love for that to work out. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll go with the Debo here because they, they do need a corner. Even if Harris can go inside, outside, even if Grant can go inside, outside, I think they do still need maybe a legit, not, not starting, but more t- uh, permanent outside guy. Yeah, I think that'd be a really good pick because the Debo is somebody who like at one point in time was looking like a, f- a future first round pick and then had a little bit of injury troubles in 2019 and, and didn't play this past season. He opted out. So you're definitely betting on some physical tools, and I think this Chargers coaching staff will be able to get the best out of him. Um, I think that would be a fantastic pick to pair with him and Richie Grant. You know, he's 6'1", 190. Um, I think he tested really well. I would, I would have to go look, but uh, I think Paulson Adibo so. at 77 would be a good pick. Yeah, uh, I mean, Paulson Adibo I think is a really good corner. I, I don't have him ranked quite as high as uh, Chris Sibbs does. <laughs> but but I, uh, I I do like Debo a lot, and I think you know they do need a corner since we you know kind of addressed offensive tackle, we addressed safety. I think you do have to make at least one of your day two picks. If you don't do it in the first round, you got to do it uh, on day two. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So there is Paulson Adebo, and then Alex will be on the board at ninety seven. Lots of sevens for the Chargers this year. And that's why they'll take Christian Derrissaw because he has two of them. <laughs> yeah. There's Trey Smith to the Rams. And there's James Hudson to the Packers. That would be an awesome situation for him. Yeah, that's a great situation. There's Quincy Roche to the Buccaneers. Ben Cleveland. Tyler Shelvin, our guy. Love him. Um, Hardarius Washington, someone that a lot of Chargers fans seem to like. And then Quinn Miners right after the Chargers. Oh, he's finally up there. Yep, he is finally up there. Uh, it <laughs> took them <laughs> until April to get to get him on there, but he's on there now. All right, uh, let's scroll up and see who is on the board. Um, all right, I mean, Peyton Turner obviously feels kind of a edge need. You do have Hunter <laughs> yeah. Long. Um, interesting, interesting guys here. Uh, if, if they hadn't, if we hadn't just gone corner, I might've considered true Williams a little bit. Um, but this is a little bit of a tough pick here. Um, let's go back up. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this one just, mm, it kind of became a little bit obvious because we just went corner. I think you got to go edge with uh, Peyton Turner. Um, I, I think that's the pick. Mail it in. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, first of all. And now you're a charger. Um, but uh, I think he really fits that edge need. Really hard worker. Yeah. Um, and I just think makes all the sense in the world here. Uh, I mocked him, I think, with the first third round pick one time. I think back in yeah. February I did. Uh, just makes a lot of sense, both in position and the fact that, you know, as you can see by the draft rankings, he's kind of best player available on the board here. Yep. Uh, um, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure why he fell to 84 a little bit because he was at 77, I want to say, when I did my mock draft a, a little bit ago. But, you know, that's not a huge fluctuation. 
Um, but yeah, no, I think Peyton Turner is going to develop into a really nice uh, NFL player. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be uh, the dynamic edge that people want, but I think if you're not uh, Solon and Wosu, this is kind of a perfect pick. Let him battle it out and see who wins. Yeah, and he's really just got some very intriguing physical attributes. Not a ton of game reps at Houston, as he told us, and not a lot of production because you know they played that stupid three three five defense for the last <laughs> two years, which I just I hate that college trend so much. Um, but this really does feel like the edge pick, right? Because I think you know Jordan Smith would be another really interesting player for them to target. Wow, Patrick Jones is at one twenty five. Um, I don't he, get that at all. Dalen Hayes, obviously Notre Dame guy, you know, Chauncey Golston, Jonathan Cooper, Ellison Smith, who tested in like the 99th percentile of athleticism for edge rushers. So this kind of feels like where they would take a shot on an edge rusher as, as kind of their developmental pick behind, you know, Nwosu and Fackrell and Bosa and, you know, Tillery, obviously, you know, kind of rotating there. Um, so this, this does feel like an edge pick uh, and Peyton Turner would be, you know, awesome in this, you know, this late in the, in the draft. I'd love the pick and they just got rid of Rochelle. So another edge guy would be just, and you can put him anywhere. So whatever you want to do with him, yeah. which is perfect for this defense, but tons of physical upside. It's an easy slam dunk pick here. There's Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask and Davis Mills. That's funny. Are we up? Okay. So... There's the fan favorite Israel Mukuamu. Oh, Robert Hainsey. Damn. I love that guy. Oh, no. <laughs> There's Demetric Felton. Uh, Deontay Smith as well. So some good players off the board. All right. Let's see. I think this is kind of maybe where they could target another offensive lineman. So let's look at offensive tackles real quick. Walker Little is still on the board. That's an interesting one. Dan Moore from AM. I like him. All right. So to me, I'm going into your offensive line here. You know, we talked about Sidarius Hutcherson last time. I believe that's a little rich for him. Um, Aaron Banks is, is a no-brainer for me here, and I think it'd be a no-brainer for Tom Delesco because you know we all know his, <laughs> his Notre Dame selection. But I yes. do think, in all seriousness, Aaron Banks it would be a fantastic pick. I think he's someone who has some positional versatility. He played tackle in high school. I know that's in high school, but you know he he does have that kind of familiarity there. Um, and then I think really he brings the kind of skill set that he, the Chargers seem to be wanting as an interior offensive lineman. I don't know if anyone else listened to. Uh, Duke Mannyweather's interview with Chris Harry, but something that he mentioned uh, is that it seems like the Chargers are targeting players who are gritty, uh, you know, mm. workers who are kind of like that worker bee kind of personality on the interior offensive line. Uh, and to me, that's Aaron Banks. I think he fits that mold perfectly. Could challenge Ode Abuji for the starting spot, more than likely, you know, be a backup for a year as, as you know, a swing offensive lineman. Um, but I love the way that Aaron Banks looks for work. I think that's kind of the first thing that you notice about him is that he's always looking to help out his Notre Dame teammates. And I think he brings a lot of physical upside to the position moves really well. I think he's like six, six, uh, let's see six, five, excuse me. Um, so I think he brings a lot to the table, checks a lot of boxes in terms of leadership, in terms of Notre Dame, 
uh, and in terms of just like the way that he plays the position. So I think Aaron Banks would be a, a no-brainer pick right here. Good call yeah. for sure. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one then. So Tyler will have this next pick. Jamie Newman in the fourth. Wow. I think Aaron Banks is also of that list that you showed the last of, I think the higher quality day three kind of guys before you start getting into, well, I haven't watched Kendrick green yet, but everybody else kind of seems like that. I'm not quite so sure. Yeah. I like Kendrick green a lot. I think he's, you know, really athletic, but uh, he's just not like the strongest player. I think he probably is a center in the NFL Mm. um, just because I don't think his, like his anchor and his ability to, you know, push people off the ball. Isn't like the best. So to me, he's probably a center, and obviously, Chargers don't need a center. All right. Oh, Kyrus Tonga. That's that would have been a good pick. So there's Dalen Hayes, Monty Rice, this other edge rusher from Notre Dame, who I'm just like never even going to try to attempt that name. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some other corners, Kenny Yaboa, Talona Hufanga, which would be an interesting pick. Frank Darby, that's a little early for him. But all right, Tyler, you're on the board, man. Just scroll down a little bit for me. Look, guys, I'm just trying to not take Des Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I was gonna no. say. <laughs> uh, oh, we got we got Tyler's guy, Des Fitzpatrick, and we got Alex's guy, Anthony Schwartz, on the board. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what is that last name? Imitur Bebe. Is that actually how you say that? I have no clue. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I met my girlfriend when she was 17 and she was an immature Bebe at the time. So. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, let me know if you want me to scroll back up or, or switch positions. Look, or anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know you want to do it. Yeah. No, because, okay, I think Des Fitzpatrick is the better receiver. I think this team needs to go the way of Anthony Schwartz. So I'm wow. actually going to go with Schwartz in that situation, even though I think Fitzpatrick's a better receiver. I think, especially because they kept Williams, I think Schwartz could be the call here. So I'm going to go with him instead. And the, the pairing of Schwartz with Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson, that gives the Chargers a lot of speed at the position behind Keenan and Mike Williams. I think that would be super, super intriguing. And Joe Reed's no slouch either in the speed, de- in the speed department. So, Alex, uh, Schwartz is your guy, man. How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, I basically get back-to-back picks here, um, which is really <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, I think Schwartz is the pick here. Uh, it's weird that he's slipped a little bit to 162, even after doing all the tests well and running that fast, 40. Uh, granted, pro day 40. Uh, but um, I, ju- I just find it a little weird he dropped a little bit because he was like around four-ish maybe a month ago, and now he's around 162. So, um yeah, I would love that pick if they got him in the fifth round. Not too high to spend a receiver there. Um, and yeah, just addressing the speed need. Uh, and it would just solve a lot of problems, I think, in terms of just having a guy who can be that true uh, difference maker and can, can, you know, contribute in sort of a pinch. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really fun pick to watch, man. I think Schwartz is is a fantastic player. So here is the Desmond King pick. Uh, for those who are still mad about that selection. Uh, so Alex, go ahead, man. 
All right. Uh, so we have addressed a lot of the big needs. We have addressed uh, OT. We have addressed uh, interior offensive line. We've addressed corner. We've addressed offensive tackle. Um, yep. Here's our board right now for those yeah, who want to see it. Here is our, it's our guys we've drafted. Can you scroll a little bit back up? I just want to see. Drake Thompson is fun. Um, all right. Could double down an edge here. Could, could take Herbert, who we just were talking about. Mm. Maybe a special of, teams linebacker. Can you go? I'm just curious. I'm not that I'm going to take one here, but can you go to the uh, tight ends? I'm just curious to see what's left on the board here. Um, oh man, my guy Bates went. Who took my guy Bates? Uh, so we have Nick oh. Eubanks, who I think is okay. Um, <clears throat> The thing is, like, I do really want to take a tight end because we haven't taken one. But there's not really a lot of value here, and I feel like all these guys are kind of reaches at this point. Yeah. Um, Luke Farrell I like as maybe like a seventh-round guy or an undrafted free agent type um, just for his blocking ability. But just not a lot that I love here at tight end, even though that is kind of a need for them. Well, depending on which Chargers fans you ask, because some people want Donald <laughs> Parham to be tight end one. Uh, and I, I do share in that fandom of him, but not quite sure he's you know ready for that role yet. Uh, all right, let's go back out to everyone. Uh, all right, I can't put it off for any longer. I know I wanted to do it, and I know I wanted to be Khalil Herbert. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, get, let's get a running back, round six. Um, I think yeah. he is a... Uh, just a really great uh, runner. Like I said before, patient uh, does all the small things, right. And if you can get him in round six, I think that's really good value. You can be kind of an instant contributor. I feel like in the offense, um, especially if, you know, Justin Jackson's history of injuries, Joshua Kelly's history of not playing good. Um, I think Khalil Herbert is uh, the pick here for me. He could contribute uh, again, like I said, immediately. And I just think he fits what that, you know what they're going for with a positionless offense. Uh, I think he's got great running ability and I think he can break off some big plays. Uh, and that's really all you're looking for with a potential six round running back. Another pick I would be tempted to make if we didn't just make the Schwartz pick um, is Amir Smith Marset, who I think is a really yep. dynamic athlete from Iowa um, that I think is being really slept on when it comes to receivers, just because Iowa doesn't utilize their receivers very well. But for me, I would go with uh, Khalil Herbert here. Yeah, I wish I could say I was surprised. I'm surprised that <laughs> I am surprised that you took you took a, the the long route to get there. Um, but I think this would be a a really smart pick for the Chargers at this point. And it's you know this is what this is your eighth pick in the draft, so you know why not or sixth? Wait, seventh? Excuse me. Yeah, seventh. I can count. I promise. <laughs> wow, Patrick Johnson, one eighty nine to the Eagles. That's interesting. Um. I think Herbert to Herbert would sell quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No one's made that joke ever. I know. <laughs> There's Pro Wells. He was kind of maybe the tight end I was hoping that would be available. Yeah. There. That's kind of like the last one that I'm like, okay, like I can see, you know, some future potential there. So I, I think for me at this point, you know, I think this is kind of a, a double down on our triple down on an offensive line pick. Maybe get another developmental tackle. Um, you know, really this is, Ooh, or Tristan Hodge. That'd be an interesting one. Oh God. I, I hope you take a BYU player right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
I like how me and Tyler were just like, yeah, we're going to take our running back or favorite receiver. And then Steven's like, I got to take my 15th offensive lineman. I got to do it. Very, very on brand for all three of us today. Um, well, let's look at cornerbacks. Maybe well, there, maybe there's another cornerback that I like here. Uh, Demidor Lenore. That's an interesting one as an, you know, he's a great athlete. Oh, Cameron Bynum. Love that guy. Mm, there's not really an offensive tackle I'm super interested in here. Coyote Wasoki, I think uh, Wasoka is how you say. I don't know how to say that one, um, but he he's got some great advanced numbers for him. Obviously, Jarrett Patterson uh, oh. is a fantastic running back, and he had a lot of success running behind uh, the big tackle from off from um, Buffalo. But I'm gonna give a, another secondary piece to Brandon Staley. And go with my guy Cameron Bynum. I God, think. that's who I was gonna take. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta use my brain. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Tyler, but I I think this is just you know rebuilding the secondary makes too much sense. You know we haven't seen any you know free agency moves, so that just kind of points to them trying to rebuild it through the draft. So you know you get your Richie Grant, you get your Paulson Adebo as an outside corner, you get Cameron Bynum, who's kind of like a nickel slash safety hybrid and be able to have him as a special teams contributor. So I think this makes a lot of sense for what Brandon Staley uh, needs for to run his defense. And at uh, worst, he plays special teams and he's a really good tackler. So yeah. I'll take that even. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that Steven held off on going for an interior offensive lineman whose name he wasn't <laughs> sure to pronounce, how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Would have been very on brand, but I, I just <laughs> there weren't any that I that I liked there very that were really Chris Evans two twenty to the Packers. Oh. That's a good spot for him. That's a good spot for him. Anchor to the Cowboys. <laughs> That's that is very on brand. Dak Prescott on the hot yeah. seat right there. <laughs> and Ellinger is just like not a fun quarterback to watch on tape. Yeah. All right, so, who's available? Wow, Shane Shane Bouchelle to the Eagles. <laughs> One guy. All right. So a bunch of receivers on the board. This kind of happens every single year. All these receivers just get pushed down. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Palmer, Dax Milne. Wow, DJ Daniel, the, the nickel cornerback from Georgia, is still on the board, huh? That's interesting. Lots of edge rushers and receivers, apparently. Can you go corners, but not for the reason I need a corner? Okay. I will go with a player the Chargers have met with and who has been... It sounds like he should be flying up boards, but people just... you know He's, he's not really much of a DB, but he's a core special teamer. I do think at this point I should go special teams, and I'll go with Avery Williams. Where is he? Lolo. There he is. <laughs> yeah, so listen, he's not playing corner. <laughs> no, well, I, saw, I actually saw he's this the other day that some teams were thinking of, of switching him back to receiver, which is where he played, uh, oh, in, in, I think, as a freshman at Boise State. So, yeah, there we go. There's our I think he accounted for a bunch of blocked punts, kicks, oh, touchdowns, all sorts of things. So, Chargers need help on special teams. Yes, he's ranked 413. <laughs> no, I mean, they reached on uh, Alohi Gilman last year. So I think Alohi was like in the 400s last year, too. 
I, I wonder where Trey like, Pipkins was on boards. Oh, oh man. That's probably a... not on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I were to make that pick, I might have gone with uh, Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon just because I, I like him a lot. And I've, I've mocked him just because I think his uh, positional value there kind of fits. But we already did take a, sort of a starter type corner, or at least someone who can develop into a starter with uh, Debo pretty early. So, um, no, yeah, I think core special teams, you know, they keep addressing that with Ryan Smith and Fackrell. So, you know, if you get a guy in the seventh round who can contribute, I think that's great. Yeah. So here is our final selection of the nine picks. And Rajon Slater in the first round, Richie Grant, Paulson Adebo, Peyton Turner, Aaron Banks. Those are all the kind of the needs. You know, check a lot of boxes there. Anthony Schwartz, Khalil Herbert, Cameron Bynum, and Avery Williams. Uh, Tyler, how are you feeling about this mock draft that we just did? I'm feeling great. Like, I actually feel really good about this. Slater, like, I agree with every pick, you know, aside from them maybe passing on a running back just because they'll pass on a running back because they have enough or they feel like they've invested enough. This makes a ton of sense. And we finally get to the later rounds and you have guys that'll contribute on special teams. I think Bynum's and or Bynum and Williams on special teams would be really, really good. Yeah. Um, and that, that would finally just, I think, round out the group, give um, Swinton a really good group. And, but otherwise like everybody, you know, Slater starts immediately. Grant has a role. I don't know if he's necessarily a starter, but he'll have an immediate role. Um, Adebo Turner, I'm super happy about. I think it's a great draft. And last year we did a mock draft, our final mock draft. Granted, this isn't our final one, but last year's final mock draft was better than the one the Chargers ended up doing. So <laughs> they like you know, hire us. Well, I think in that one, that I think in that one we had Julian Blackman in like the sixth round or something like that. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> that one would have been awesome. Um, Alex, how, what are you thinking about this mock draft? I mean, the upside of the day is that me and Steven drafted the same amount of offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, that's really yeah. <laughs> upset because I was expecting Steven, all three of his picks to be offensive linemen. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think this is a really good draft. I think um, I may have gone somewhere slightly different than Richie Grant, maybe with Gregory yeah. Rousseau still on the board, which was interesting there from a, a positional value standpoint. And he fell to the Ravens. Um uh, but I really like every uh, all of these other picks. Uh, corner edge, I think you are really great uh, addressing of the needs here and and taking advantage of kind of the guys that fall down the draft a little bit, especially with Peyton Turner, who fell like 13 spots, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you have Aaron Banks, who, you know, if they get him, I think he can be a relatively quick contributor. Um, maybe Ibushi starts this year and then next year is, is kind of the Aaron Banks era. Um, at that position, which I think would be really interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I really got four picks here because I got Anthony Schwartz uh, <laughs> and I got Khalil Herbert. Uh, so I think that's really, uh, I think fifth, sixth round, you're looking at those guys who can yeah. you know contribute on the offense a little bit and also contribute um, may- maybe in some other ways, uh, sort of similar to the Joe Reed, KJ Hill picks last year. So you sort of add to your offensive firepower, um, but also, you know, it's sensible and it's not, you know, taking Devonta Smith in round one or taking Jalen Waddle, you know? So I, th- I think it's uh, a really sensible mock draft. Uh, I have no idea how accurate it will be to the real thing. Probably not at all. Because uh, Tom Telesco approaches it from a very different mindset than we do. Yes. Um, but yeah, if, if we get even, you know, uh, two or three of these guys, uh, I think that it, I would be really amped. Yeah. I'd be really excited with this draft for sure. Um Paul Sanadibo is not my favorite kind of corner, but I think you kind of bet on the tools at that point, you know, in the third round with whoever was else on the board. Uh, and then kind of worst case scenario here, you know, you've got 
some great secondary pieces to add to this Chargers secondary, which is need to, which is needing to be rebuilt. So, uh, guys, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please let us know what you think of this mock draft. Give us your uh, feedback. Let me know how surprised you are that I did not take three offensive linemen. Um, <laughs> I certainly considered it, um, but it was a lot of fun. Guys, any other thoughts before we wrap up today's show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just uh, see how it all plays out. And uh, then, you know, when we do our final mock draft, I'm really excited to see how that goes because we still have about like – three weeks of the media, you know, vehemently, you know, changing their minds every day. (laughs) Uh, So I'm sure it'll look a lot different. Uh, But I think for the value of these picks, I think they're really good. And uh, I'm sure the YouTube commenters will let us know where we erred. Uh, So (laughs) no doubt. Tyler, any thoughts? Um, I can't wait to see where this all ends up because we are looking at a mock draft and we are thinking, yeah, he'll go here and look, Oh my gosh, they fell. And right. you know, Phillips is in the second or not Phillips Rousseau is in the second round, but I can't wait for it to all fall apart for everyone's <laughs> mock drafts and for everyone to say that, Oh, you could have had him in the fifth round when he, he got him. Why'd you get him in the third round? But it's like this, this is the most, like usually these boards aren't exactly like everybody else's boards. These simulations yeah. don't go like the other simulation or the real life draft goes, but it's really going to be different this year. So, yeah. you know, while I think last year's draft was more exciting, I think this is the one to have the most fun with because there's nine picks and it's just going to be wildly different. So when we cover this on live during the draft, it's just going to be a lot of fun because who knows what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, even but- when we do our final mock draft two weeks from now or something like that, you know, Carolina could trade up or Denver trades mm-hmm. up and then, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a totally different, you know, <laughs> it could change the draft in a really severe way. Yeah, it's just going to be so much fun to watch because the the draft is always crazy, right? Like there's always people who who surprise. There's always a team who takes a shot on somebody earlier than anybody else thinks is going to happen. But this year with how many opt-outs there are and just kind of the lack of film on certain players, like it's just going to be wild to watch and I, I can't wait to see it. So uh, I'm a big fan of, of the picks that we made and I'm a big fan just kind of of this kind of process. I think it's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, all right, guys, that'll do it for us today. Make sure, and like I said, check out my Elijah Moore breakdown on Patreon. Alex just did a wonderful piece on Easton Stick. Um, apparently, there's still so many people who love him, uh, but definitely go check that out. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Check out my most qualified Bolt Beat articles. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one will get it. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.